bring up anything, dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231, as we kick off another week of fun and excitement here without any mark. Ha! Uh, tonight, it's Ian with you. And it is Guard Mark II. Guard, welcome uh, back to the program. Always hey. nice having you here, uh, especially nice when we get a little more time alone. Uh, we don't we don't get much time alone these celebrate days. Celebrate the holidays together. It's a markless holiday, but it's still going to be okay. Uh, it is, and uh, Mark's away. He's uh, doing a vacation thing down in Florida. He'll be back, I believe, for the Saturday show, if uh, if all goes as planned. We'll be here all week long. Well, not yeah. you, Guard, but um, we in general, meaning Free Talk Live, those of us who do this program, uh, will be here to take your phone calls every night of the week, including Christmas Eve, including Christmas Day. So, nice. I like it. No time off for Free Talk Live, uh, the show, this week. Hey, there's so much to talk about, so it's good that you're around, man. And I appreciate you being in here. And Mark, wherever you are, dude, I hope I fill the seat properly. The toll-free number here is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231, as we will take your calls about whatever you want. We're going to start things out here with some things that might be interesting to you, including some outrageous news, but... If you've been kind of following the progress of the United States police state, then it's not really going to come as too big of a shock. Not really. Guard, can you lay it out for us here? Yes, well, here in the land of the free, where everybody does things just right and we never do anything wrong under the auspices of the United States government, comes this story, which was posted by William Fisher at antiwar.com. And it reads, headline, U.S., Guantanamo prisoners, not persons. Huh. Yeah, yeah, you see. And this, I've heard this sort of thing before from conservative talk radio hosts. The idea that your rights are given to you by the U.S. Constitution, you see. So as long as you're an American citizen, what's that? I say that's poppycock. Exactly, exactly. Because, well, my idea of rights are something that you're inherently born with as a human being, and they're uh, inseparable from you. We've discussed the the idea of rights. I think it was during your show last week when you were here, we were talking about that. Uh, The idea that they don't really exist tangibly, obviously, otherwise the government wouldn't be able to do things like this. That's right. Uh, But they certainly are a great idea, and it's it's an agreement that is worth having between human beings. And the government is basically saying, oh, we don't agree. Uh, We'll tell you what you have and what you don't have, and we'll allow you to uh, to live or not. And this this is a this is a really slippery slope that many conservatives has started to slide down. I don't know. It's some sort of sort of funky demonic water slide, I think, because. What they've done here is some of these conservative guys that say, these guys aren't American citizens. They don't deserve all the rights and protections granted to them by the Constitution. And again, a piece of paper formulated by politicians back in the 18th century does not give you any rights that you as a flesh and blood creature, whether you thought you were created by God or you just spontaneously came up through chance and circumstance genetics – You've got them. They're yours. Here's the story. In the wait, wait, wait. How could yeah. it give anybody rights? I mean, it's a piece of paper that was written on by some men. Yeah. How could a group of men sitting in a room somewhere just all of a sudden to decide to give everybody that came uh, into life and at that time after them uh, the, the, the concept of rights? 
the uh, that didn't exist before. Rights didn't exist before they sat down in that room together and thought it up. I mean, come on, they didn't think up rights. And this this goes all the way towards the, the concept of the creation of government. And the original idea of the creation was of government was you had rights, you were supposed to be protected. I had rights, I was supposed to be protected. They thought that it took a government which took from you and infringed on those rights at the inception. So the concept of rights under even the founding fathers was always associated with an initial invasion of those rights. And now we've seen that pernicious idea blossom into the idea of, well, not only can we invade your rights, we can define what they are. They can apparently define whether or not you're a person. Yes. And and, and this is the story. This is, uh, again, William Fisher over at uh, antiwar.com. In the wake of the U.S. Supreme Court's refusal Monday, this last Monday, to review a lower court's dismissal of a case brought by four British former Guantanamo prisoners against former Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld, the detainee's lawyer charged Tuesday that the country's highest court evidently believes that, quote, torture and religious humiliation are permissible tools for a government to use. Okay, that's the precursor. Here's the story, and it all deals with the circuit court and an appeal that was brought to the Supreme Court. The U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Washington, D.C. had ruled that government officials were immune from lawsuit because at that time it was unclear (laughs) whether abusing prisoners at Guantanamo was illegal. It's like the divine right of kings, for God's sake. It's like we're all feudal serfs. So basically... This appeals court said that the government can just do whatever the hell it wants to as long as nothing has been decided. As long yeah. as as long as the courts haven't ruled on whatever it is, then they can just everything they do is completely legitimate. Even if they decide later on that it it was indeed illegal, it was still legal at the time that they did it because we didn't know it was legal illegal at the time they did it because we hadn't thought about it yet or looked at it, which it's is really absolutely right. But that, it's really a great way to encapsulate uh, what the government has been doing for the longest time because they have yeah. on one hand their set of rules, the Constitution and their statutes and their ordinances and things like that, and on the other hand, there's what they actually do. So there's the rules, and then there's what they actually do, which is don't follow their rules. So if they're not following their rules... Usually what you end up what ends up happening is police abuse people, they destroy lives, destroy houses, things like that. Yeah. Then if they happen to have destroyed the life of somebody who happens to be able to afford a lawyer, then they usually will challenge that uh, destruction of their life. It then goes into the court system, takes it about a decade or so to uh, to actually resolve, and most of the time resolves in the favor of the state. But occasionally the courts will say, oh, we should not, you should not have done that. Now, don't fire that, that uh, police officer that harmed that family, but you should not have done that. You were in the wrong. So there's ever yeah. so often there's this little token of... Uh, something that the court will give out to to make it look like they're actually doing the right thing occasionally. But overall, 99 times it, out of 100, it's just they back up the tyranny. And you know, Ian, what gets me about this is what you what you said. There was there was something that jumped out at me. Essentially, if as long as there hasn't been a ruling, it's perfectly acceptable. So in other words, uh, before they put all the war criminals on trial, for the Nazis in yeah. World War II, for the death camps, well, there had been no ruling up to right. that point. So it was fine. 
fine. The government agents. I mean, it's, it's totally fine. We just have to. We just have to back off here. We can't Absolutely. just jump to conclusions but, about these things. But now, Ian, don't forget. Now, these people. These are enemy combatants. You see. Oh. You see, enemy combatants. And again, this this goes towards any of the people who are constitutionalists out there. Uh, those of you who think that we're in a so-called war on terror. They wrote that in there, right, in the Constitution. Sure. Jefferson was uh, was watching from afar. He would get the reports in the paper when he was over in France. And Ben Franklin was there. And What's Franklin that? said, hey, guys, listen, uh, before we go any further, let's come up with a term that the government could use to apply virtually to anybody. And they don't have to declare war. And uh, they could just imprison people and keep them there forever. Right. With no trial, no habeas corpus or anything like that. No evidence presented against them. And they can be tortured with with means that were, after World War II, categorized as torture. And a Japanese uh, soldier was given 17 years hard labor for doing this, i.e. waterboarding. (laughs) Well, it's it's wrong when the Japanese do it. Well, that's it, because they're not us. So obviously anything we do is fine. And and this is so this sick. Is, this is I mean yeah. we're not even two paragraphs into this no. story and it is this it's so twisted. Well see the see the thing that gets me about it is that it shows you just how confused and messed up people are when they look at what the United States does under the auspices of the war on terror. Because anything is excusable. And this is exactly yeah. what you know, I hate to say conspiracy theorists were like this, but this is exactly what a lot of people who observe political history know. If you get a crisis, a supposed crisis, then – and as, as Robert Higgs, and he's no conspiracy guy. He's a great political economist and philosopher. Uh, Robert Higgs has said there's this ratcheting effect. Every time they claim there's a crisis, a health care crisis, yep. child care crisis, you know, elderly crisis, medical crisis, war on terror crisis, the government grows, and it never, ever decreases in size. Well, where Your rights would, are forfeit. Right. Where would the government be without its precious crisis? Uh, crises? Yeah. yeah. Right. 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 Uh, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. There's much more to discuss about this uh, outrageous Supreme Court decision, and we'll share it with you here in moments. Also, take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. In the late 21st century, the hardiest, most daring adventurers have begun to colonize the solar system where untold mineral riches await them. Jealous of their wealth and fearful of their freedom, the government of Earth is determined to extend their power to this new frontier by any means necessary. Escape from Terra, an illustrated science fiction saga from Big Head Press. Read it online at escapefromterra.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And guard. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those on us, including updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Plus, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime. It's here in New Hampshire, surrounded by hundreds and soon thousands of like-minded, liberty-oriented people who are actually getting active to achieve freedom. Because it's one thing to talk about getting free. It's another thing to actually do something. We're getting those people who are willing to do something together in the same place. Go to freestateproject.org, learn more, and get signed up. And I can tell you... That based on the story we are sharing with you here to start this show out, 
you can't do this soon enough. You, oh, you really can't become a Free State Project participant and move to New Hampshire soon enough. I wish I'd moved earlier. I mean, I moved three years ago, and I wish I'd moved earlier. But, you know, I moved when I moved, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I'm here now rather than down in Florida, still living down there. I'm glad I've had three years to build relationships with the other early movers here and yep. get to know people like you, Gardner, and yep. other uh, natives, New Hampshire natives that are also of a liberty mind- mindset. Because what we're talking about here is the Supreme Court has refused to review a lower court's dismissal of uh, the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals that basically said that the government officials were immune from lawsuit because at the time it was unclear whether abusing prisoners at Guantanamo was illegal. And this uh, this lawsuit has basically, uh, or this Supreme Court rejection of review has basically said that it's completely permissible for the government people to use torture and religious humiliation on its so-called enemy combatants. Yeah, you've got a whole sequence, a whole domino uh, effect here going on. Uh, one, starting with the non-declaration of war for those who are constitutionalists out there and those of us who understand that the Constitution has not stopped these guys from doing things they're not supposed to do. It's just a group of people down there who are writing up laws and doing things to hurt people in almost every instance. And they excuse it by the saying, well, we're in a war or we're trying to help people or whatever. These are terrorists. Yeah, it's all bogus. It's fake. It's absolutely fake. And it's predicated on an immoral construct. But we'll get to that at another time. Right now, for those of you who are you know, pro-constitutionalists, there's a sequence in the, in the United States Constitution for the operation of the military. If you think that that's the way it's supposed to work, then you have to declare war. They did not declare war. The White House under George Bush asked Congress not to declare war so that if they captured people, they wouldn't have to treat them under the Geneva Accords. If people actually read the Geneva Accords, they'll see that it doesn't matter whether you have declared war. You still have to treat them under the auspices of POWs. Rule schmools, exactly. Gardner. We're the exactly. government. We'll do whatever the hell we want. You and you know it. what? You'll put up with it because if you don't, we might put you in a cage. That's right. And and by the way, this is going to have a bearing on whether or not anybody can try uh, Dick Cheney or any of these things for war crimes from other countries because yeah. – you know, this is this is the way this sort of stuff goes. But, yeah, the the, uh, the story here also opens up, as we mentioned before the break, because not only are they in an undeclared war, which means that if they have not declared war, they can't hold them as POWs. Therefore, they have to hold them under U.S. code, U.S. criminal code. Any of these guys, you always hear these people saying, well, what are we going to do? Read them their Miranda rights out there in the battlefield? Well, guess what? You pinheads didn't declare stinking war, so you're going to have to operate under U.S. law as if you're trying to apprehend people. The only alternative is to issue a, a writ of marquee and reprisal, which means that – or mark and reprisal. And that, that means that you can hire people to go out and get these guys. Now, this is all under that dust, dusty thing that nobody pays any attention to anyway and hasn't stopped the tyranny the supposed U.S. Constitution. But that's the way it's supposed to work. So these guys, they're trying to slip through the cracks. They're saying, well, I'm George Bush, see? And what we did was, well, we we didn't declare war, see? So we don't have to hold them as prisoners of war. We're holding them as enemy combatants. And for a while, (laughs) as the the, um, uh, Patriot Act declared for Mm -hmm. the first few years of the Patriot Act, any U.S. citizen could be held that way, too. That's right. Yep. And so therefore... Well, I'm pretty sure it can still be... You could be called an enemy combatant. I don't think that's been withdrawn, has it? Uh, they did change it so that it, it's only uh, foreigners that can be held as enemy combatants mm. right now. Uh, but I don't I don't know. There's, there's some tricks that I think they could probably pull. But last I knew, Judge Napolitano was pretty 
pretty uh, sharp on that stuff. Interesting. Yeah, he was good. But the thing that gets me is, so they haven't declared war, therefore... These guys are supposed to be able to be tried under U.S. criminal code. Instead, they're held in Guantanamo. They're tortured. Uh, they're not prisoners of war. We can do this. No Geneva Accords. <laughs> right? right? Then then some people protest in the United States saying, well, hold on a second. You've got to give these guys a proper trial. Well, all these conservatives are saying they're foreigners. They don't, and this is where we get to the point that we had earlier in the, in the previous segment, they don't deserve the rights granted to us under the Constitution. So sick. See? And that, and so this is where all this twisted mentality comes. It's such unclear thinking. And, and it continues. This article, this is very interesting. This is from Antiwar.com. Mm-hmm. It says, um, channeling their predecessors in the George W. Bush administration, Obama Justice Department lawyers, all you lefties out there who thought Obama was the savior, argued in this case that there is no constitutional right not to be tortured or otherwise abused in a U.S. prison abroad. And so many people say this sort of stuff. Excuse me, there are certain rules for the operation of the U.S. government, aren't there? So they claim. So they claim. And those rules are predicated on what? Plato? There's this thing called the Constitution. But, of course, it's malleable as Plato, according to these people. It says here the Obama administration had asked the court not to hear the case. By agreeing, the court let stand an earlier opinion by the D.C. Circuit Court, which found that the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, a statute that applies that applies by its terms to all persons, did not apply to detainees at Guantanamo, effectively ruling that the detainees are not persons at all for purposes of U.S. law. This is where you get to, uh, you, you start going down this rabbit hole, this legalese maddening rabbit yeah. hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where people have called this show before, and I've looked into this, right, where they'll say that, well, you're not a person. Well, what do you mean I'm not a person? Well, if you look at the legal definition of person, you're not necessarily a person. A person can be a corporation. A person can be this. A person can be that. It's not necessarily a human being, you know, fleshing, flesh and life human being. It's not necessarily that. A person is a legal construct. It's, uh, it's you know, a corporate entity that the, the government has created to act upon. And it's all very, very, fant- you know, fantastic sounding and very interesting. Uh, the reality is if you get in front of a robed man and say, ho, ho, I'm not that person. Yeah. They don't care. They're going to put you in a cell. It doesn't matter. So what I'm saying is this kind of there's this corporate person conspiracy out there. Well, they say, well, if you look at your uh, driver's license, your name is in all caps, and that shows that you're a corporation. You're, that's uh, it's not actually you. That's a corporate person that they've created. It's a straw man that they act upon, and you just have to separate yourself from it. But, but it doesn't matter yeah. because I mean, it's all very interesting, and it's really based in something. Like those claims that they make, when you start looking into it, you start thinking, wow, these guys are onto something. Because when you look into it, you look up the legal definition of person, and you do all of these things, you start finding out very bizarre things. I mean, how could they say that those people are not persons? It's because it's, the term person right. is able to be defined by them. Right. The, the term person is is what they say a person is. So... Basically, they're saying that if we call you an enemy combatant, you're no longer a person, and so all of the U.S. law, which applies to persons, doesn't apply, because I, now you're an enemy combatant. I feel like I'm in some sort of weird fantasy it world It is now. so bizarre. There's more coming up here, 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We'll give you all the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and the features including the bulletin board system. You can get interactive with over 500,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about, serious issues, fun stuff, and a whole lot of trolls over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Plus, I want to tell you about SACL CAI and Jason Osborne. He's the man behind the company, and he is also the man who has gotten behind so many great liberty-oriented products and uh, liberty-oriented uh, media, I guess. He's behind your show, Guard, uh, The Liberty it. Conspiracy, at libertyconspiracy.com. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Uh, but he's also uh, involved in Think Twice News, which yeah. is you mentioned uh, during the break, their new movie is coming out, Char- Chartarum, I believe is yeah. how, how it's said. Uh, so he's behind that. He's been He's backed up Barry Cooper in the past. I mean, the guy puts his money where his beliefs are. And so if you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, you need to get in touch with Jason and Sakel CAI because they do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Sakel's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients too. Sakel CAI. See their banner at the top of the banner column at freetalklive.com. Again, that's SACL, C-A-I. So we continue here, and we will take your phone calls about what you want. There's a lot to discuss about the decision by the U.S. Supreme Court to essentially not hear a case that basically eh, basically says the government can torture people, and that's A-OK. There's as much long as they're hated enough, right, you can be tortured. As and long as they label you an enemy combatant, anything goes. And I want to get back into this here, but I want to make sure we get da- uh, David on the air in New York. Uh, David, you're on Free Talk Live. What is on your mind tonight? Evening, fellas. Hey. Um, I was curious how – I had two quick questions. I was curious how the job market in New Hampshire has been holding up, specifically in Manchester. And I'm also curious if New Hampshire has any assault weapons laws like uh, New York or California or Pennsylvania. I, well, I can tell you I, I'm not somebody who is an expert on laws, but I do know that the gun laws in New Hampshire are, compared to New York, going to be virtually non-existent. Uh, there are very, very few restrictions on owning and selling firearms in New Hampshire, but you yeah. might be best off looking on some sort of Internet uh, resource to find out exactly what that is. I mean, if you're all concerned about what the law says about guns, then you probably should go and find you know, a more expert opinion rather than uh, talking to some general talk show hosts. Uh, so I would say that it's you're likely going to find a lot more freedom here than you would in many other places. There are only two other places that have more gun freedom than New Hampshire, and that is Alaska and Vermont, as I understand it. So uh, there's that. But as far as the um, 
As far as the employment situation goes, I did see a map recently on the unemployment numbers across the country, and New Hampshire was one of the lower numbers. I mean, clearly there's some economic trouble across this country, and it's... the, the numbers of unemployment are higher here than they've been in the past, but they're still lower here than they are in many other places, including, I think, most of the rest of New England. Uh, so I don't know specifically. To, I can't speak to one city versus another, but yeah, I can tell you stuff. that. But across the state, I'd say it's it's uh, I, back in July, it was around seven point eight. It's probably around eight percent or seven, seven and a half percent right now across the state. So, I mean, there are jobs out there uh, for people that uh, that want them. It just depends on how picky you are, right? Because people always say things like, oh, I can't find work. Well, are you looking at McDonald's? You know? Yeah. No, I will fit, flip burgers. Well, then I guess you can't, you can't find work then. You know, so uh, so I think that you could find something is though people recommend the people that have moved here and have found jobs. I'm fortunate that I have my own business. I didn't have to do that. Yeah. Uh, but the people that have moved here and have found jobs have said that it's easier to get a job in New Hampshire when you're actually in New Hampshire, as opposed to sending in resumes and things like that from far away. Uh, for whatever reason, they just look at locals, uh, people that are local to the business as more serious candidates for whatever reason. They just just uh, increases your odds. David, thoughts? Yeah, I'm curious. So do people drive around with gun racks in the back of their vehicles and stuff? Some of them do. Like Texas? Southern New Hampshire, you're not going to see that very much. Northern New Hampshire, you'll see that, especially in hunting season, you'll see that. You can walk around with a rifle strapped to your back in New Hampshire. It's no problem. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah, we we got uh, down down where I live. We have a guy who pulls over and uh, you know walks off in the woods and and does all sorts of hunting and stuff like that. And he parks like you know forty feet from our driveway and you know he walks in the woods and, and I don't have a problem with it. It's totally fine. You know, it's it's not it's not in an area. People are responsible. Um, so you know, it's it's not a big deal. Uh, the 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 diff, di, dis, the distinction is going to be coming in whether or not you're going to have a concealed carry weapon or an open carry. And uh, you just have to have a permit. So that's that's pretty well, that's much what they it. claim. Yeah, that's what they claim. Exactly. Well stated. Ian. So and David, how does the uh, application for a concealed carry permit work out in New Hampshire? I've never done it. It's called shall issue. And that means that they're supposed to give it to anybody unless they have, I guess, a criminal uh, history or I don't know what. The, again, like I've never I don't really yeah. uh, look too closely into their laws because I don't really care what they say. Yeah, there have been some rare exceptions where they people have gotten caught up because there was some some claim that was made against them, but no conviction. But usually it, it's a felony conviction. And and actually, there's a little principle that you can derive from that, man, which is uh, there there must be something very, very strange going on with the criminal justice system if they deem you safe enough to go out to society, but not safe enough to carry a firearm. You yeah, know, there's a problem there. And uh, if you're a convicted felon and you've been released out into the public, certainly you should be able to get a firearm. Otherwise, why did they put you out into the public? David, thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you tonight at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. I imagine the Free State Project likely has more resources that will answer these questions. You could go to freestateproject.org, and I believe there are lots of links and useful information that will tell you about all kinds of different topics here in New Hampshire. Now, there are 
there are a lot of problems here in New Hampshire. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It is not the free state right now. It's no, a project right. to create a free, so-called free state. Yeah. And that means that we've got, a, we've got our work cut out for us. Uh, one thing is for sure, though, New Hampshire is still one of the freer states compared to the rest of the other 49. Uh, that is definitely the case. Some would argue that it is the freest of, uh, of the 50 states. Yeah, and I hope if people are going to come here, they're going to come here, Ian, to agitate to protest to get involved in some way uh, whether it's it's the uh, peaceful nonviolent uh, protests that have been going on so much here in mm-hmm. Keene, whether it's um, civil disobedience or or whether or not it's people getting involved with the political process in Concord uh, because if if you want to come to the to New Hampshire and you want to live more freely uh, obviously you're probably driven by your principles and remember when you get here, there are people who have moved here who just as their default mechanism will work for the expansion of government because they vote and they don't think about the fact that when they're voting, they're forcing someone else to do something. Right. And there there lies the inherent problem, and they've been trained that way since they were five or six years old in government schools. Everybody should vote. It's your right. No, 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 no. Not a good idea when you're voting to force your neighbor to do something. I agree with that completely, and it's one of the reasons why I don't think voting is going to be the most expedient fashion of attaining liberty in our lifetime. I think that people like Mark uh, will point out that the political system has had some success, that the activists in the political system have had some success, and and he's right about that. They have. It's been slow going, and Mm -hmm. eh, of course we haven't exactly bowled them over with civil disobedience yet either, so it's just slow going in in general, but I think that if all people were to do would be to vote, I don't think much would change. I think there has to be a multi-pronged approach that does involve all of those things that you were just mentioning. Everything from politics to civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and media efforts as well, which well, you is know, part of what this show is about and your show as well. You know what gets me, though, Ian, is, is how far how far can we go with the frogs getting in this pot and just sitting here? You have just last night into this morning, at 20 minutes after 1 in the morning, they had the cloture vote. I hate that term, cloture, on the health care fascism thing, on the health mm-hmm. fascism thing in the Senate. Are, are people going to stand back and just say... Well, you know, that's just the way it's got to go. They voted, and that's Some the way of them it's got to be. Some of them are. In fact, we can. C- I'll come back to that here in a moment at 800-259-9231. Plus, uh, back to the enemy combatants. We need to co- cover a little more on that. Sure. Uh, plus, we'll talk to you about anything you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us. It's not too late uh, to get your holiday shopping done, though you'll likely have to get some overnighting going on here if you think you want to get stuff by Christmas time. It's worth it. Uh, it, well, maybe uh, you can go if you think it's worth it. You can go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You can get your shopping done there, or after the fact. You know, you can uh, always. You're likely going to get. You might get an Amazon gift certificate. You can go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Actually, I think we make the money on the gift certificate, so we won't make money on anything you buy with an Amazon gift certificate. But nonetheless, get in the habit of going to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com because virtually anything you purchase there 
Free Talk Live gets a percentage. So get the stuff you need, get the stuff you want at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Unless you're not a person, in which case you <laughs> apparently can't do anything. Because we're into this story from Antiwar.com, and it's it's... It's absolutely outrageous. The U.S. Supreme Court has basically backed up a lower court's decision that says that torture and religious humiliation are permissible tools for a government to use. And it goes on. Yeah, it goes on to say that uh, the government officials are immune from lawsuit because of the torture that they uh, they performed on people because uh, the court didn't know at the time whether or not it was illegal or not they hadn't made any decisions so therefore while the court was unsure uh, those guys can get away with anything they want to are we simply in some sort of strange bubble ian where you know we breathe some different atmosphere than so many of the people in the pop media circles yeah we breathe freedom yeah what it you know what you're saying should be so frightening to people and so electrifying to them that they should sit there and say, what are we going to do? I well, would recommend they this, come to New Hampshire. But. Well, yes, that's a great solution. But apparently this went by without anybody really taking notice in the mainstream media. Uh, it, it's it's amazing. And all these people who are in the pop media, who are always you know riding George Bush's back and so on, they give Obama a slide on the very same activity. Donald Rumsfeld was seen as an evil, evil guy. Well, yes. hey, all you left-wingers out there, guess who was backing Donald Rumsfeld? Obama's Justice Department. It's Get the it? same crew, man. It's all the same people. Even if the names change, they're doing the same exact thing. They're doing it to people, by the way, who were eventually released and repatriated back to England and have not gotten in any trouble. The people who brought this lawsuit... It says here, the British detainees spent more than two years in Guantanamo and were repatriated to Britain in 2004. Oh, gee, that was almost six years ago, with no charges ever having been filed against them. Two years of their lives taken away. Oh, but you see, they were evil from the outset. Well, gee, that's what the criminal trial is supposed to be about. And if you don't have evidence against them, you're supposed to let people go. That was the whole point. Not going to happen. And that was a story that I did. we did share recently yes. that did make the media, that they were going to be moving the uh, Guantanamo detainees yes. to a facility in Illinois. Right. And there was statements made to the effect of, well... Yeah, these will be uh, taken care of with military tribunals, right? Yeah, I see, mean, Obama was the one who said that they weren't going to do that, remember? He was the one who said, no, this isn't right, this isn't right. There was a Supreme Court precedent in the Hamden case a few years ago. There was the Hamdi case and there was the Hamden case. Both of those Supreme Court precedents, even though Antonin Scalia had said that he would never, ever vote for these guys to get habeas corpus trials, he said, I'll be damned, this is a quote, I'll be damned before I give them the right to habeas corpus because he's got a son in the Marines Nice. who's out on the so-called war. If Antonin Scalia can't recognize that the United States government hasn't declared war and that his son is operating in an unconstitutional, illegal fashion based on his own dictates and he's there ruling on the highest court of the land's opinions... We've got a real problem. Oh, you've, we've had a problem. Right. So the Hamden case, they already ruled. This goes contrary to one of their previous rulings. They already ruled that they can have habeas corpus hearings. Well, isn't that kind of the fun of having different rulings? I mean, because then the government can essentially 
uh, it, it can cite whatever ruling it wants to. Well, yeah. they've ruled about this in the past, so therefore this is case law. Well, the other ruling says different. Oh, well, don't worry about that. We're only yeah. citing this one ruling. It does, they can just do whatever the hell they want to do, and they're, they're admitting it. I mean, that, yeah. that, that's what's kind of changing here, it seems, is that the information travels so quickly and it's so easy to get our hands on this, this info that now they're just coming right out and they're just admitting that, hey, we'll do whatever we want to. If we want to lock you away and throw away the key and have a military tribunal and not let it be a public trial or anything like that, we'll just call you something different. You're not a person. Yeah. You're an enemy combatant. And voila, there, you now are subject to our whims. There are two things that come to mind. The first is uh, anyone who's read the book Animal Farm by George Orwell. Animal Farm is about is essentially a it's an uh, an allegory to the uh, Soviet the the Bolshevik Revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are three leaders in it, just like there were three leaders in the original uh, Soviet Revolution: Lenin, Stalin, and Trotsky. One of the leaders, they're animals; they revolt against the farmer. One of the leaders is tossed out. Okay, and that's a snowball is the character right. snowball tossed out. The other two are like Lenin and Stalin, and they end up they're pigs. They end up, because they're the smart ones, they end up writing these rules, like a constitution. You know, uh, four legs good, two legs bad, that sort of thing. And they put them up on the side of the barn, on this red barn, Mm -hmm. right? By the end of the book, the pigs have taken advantage of the system that they've created, the governmental system that they've created, in revolution against tyranny. And they have rewritten the rules, it's now four legs good, two legs better, and the pigs come walking out on their hind legs. They've trained themselves <laughs> to walk. So now they and they're carrying guns. So if you look at what the United States government does through the judicial system, that is they are the pigs. They are the sure marching are. pigs. That's exactly what they're doing. They're rewriting these things with rulings. They don't have to re- reword the Constitution, and the Constitution can't stop them. This is what the Never anti-federalists has. warned against. This is exactly what we're trying to express to people. You've got to get over this idea that the salvation of your lives will be the U.S. Constitution. Sure, you might be able to pare things down and get into a, a more competing federalist system. <laughs> and, and, you know, hey, it, that might be satisfactory for a while. But let me tell you, when George Washington was president, he broke the Constitution right off the bat sure. by marching on the Whiskey Rebellion. He brought an army as big as the Army of the Potomac down into western Pennsylvania to crush people who were just selling whiskey they made themselves because the United States government wanted to tax it. So we come back to where you were, uh, the question you were asking yes. before about people and what they're going to do, right? I mean, are they just going to, oh, they passed yeah, the Yeah, I'm thing. getting, I'm just sitting here, you know, it's so much fun to come in with you. And yet at the same time, Ian, I'm getting so agitated. It gets me so ticked off. <laughs> Sorry. Because, well, you know, like, like you guys have come to New Hampshire and for like all my stinking life, I've had to sit through numbskull teachers, stupid politicians coming through my town, shaking people's hands. you got to count your fingers after you shake hands with these jerks to see if they haven't <laughs> stolen them. And, by the way, that's a line I lifted from David Eddings from Sparhawk books. But, you know, these – it's just dis- – oh, I'm sorry. I'm honest. I guess I can never run for politics. But it, it yeah. disgusts me. And, and yet we see people – what are they going to do? What the heck are they going to do? We had somebody call our Saturday show this weekend who was – because me- I'd mentioned the idea of civil disobedience during the show. I just love slipping that idea in as often oh, as possible. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I-, I mentioned it, and he calls in to say, yeah, we need mass civil disobedience. This healthcare thing is going too far. And da 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 Mass civil disobedience. I said, all right, what are you going to do about it? And he says, well uh, – 
I, I said, are you going to not pay taxes? Yeah, I'm not going to pay taxes. I said, great. Welcome right. to the club. Yeah. Uh, and so then I, and then I asked him, well, what if the whole government health care proposal just gets wiped off the table? It's gone. It's no longer Great being considered. What if it's no longer being considered? You're just going to go back to your life? He right. said, "Yeah, I think I'll just go ah. back to my life." And ah. I said, "So, so the you know the multi-trillion-dollar federal government, all the government programs, all the, the the things that they've done to you, that's not enough to make you want to do civil disobedience. It's just this one thing." Oh man, I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, now, am I being too condescending towards that particular mindset? No, no. Because I feel like I'm being a little condescending here. Why is it now, all of a sudden, that the government is oh, it's gone too far? Well, wait a minute. It's only another trillion dollars, right? Exactly. I mean, what are we talking about it's, it's here? It's insane. I mean, they should have... It went too far when Washington marched on the Whiskey Rebellers. Yeah. It went too far when Hamilton tried to create the Central Bank. It went too far when Lincoln suspended habeas corpus himself, which is what Congress can only do that. It went too far... Oh, these people when, can't think past 2001. It's a, it's a, it's a, it went too far when they, even though they had a declared war, they imprisoned Japanese Americans under FDR. It went too far with the highway system. It went too far with Social Security. It went too stinking far. When are people going to realize that if they go any further, they are falling off the proverbial cliff? Great question. 800-259-9231. You're welcome to jump in here, add your thoughts to the mix, bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. Hour 2 is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live. And sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch here into the second hour of the program Bring up whatever's on your mind. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. We'll start things out here this hour uh, by going to your phone calls. That's the point of the program, so let's talk to Jim in Canton, Ohio, listening to WCER. Hello, Jim. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. How are you doing this evening? Super. What's on your mind tonight? I just watched the movie, uh, the film about Gandhi... A few weeks ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys have been talking about civil disobedience, and he was uh, basically a pioneer of that. And in the film, it showed uh, 1,600 people being slaughtered in a square by the British. Yeah. And uh, I was, I've been thinking a lot about that. And if they would have had an armed rebellion, there would have been a lot more people that would have died uh, in a rebellion versus mm-hmm. the way they did it. Yes. But the thing is, at that time, the governments were worried about their image, their public image. Do you think they're still that worried about the public perception, if they're tyrants or not? Well, they're very good at demonizing people. So uh, if you are involved in civil disobedience, but you're a demon, 
it won't matter. And right now, uh, most of the pop media out there has uh, just walked in, in lockstep with uh, almost every administration on various issues, whatever they might be, whether it's the so-called war on terror or it's uh, you know social security or it's uh, health care or whatever it might be. So uh, I think the only way to do it is we've got to continue to build a presence on the Internet with alternative media. I don't know. What do you think, Ian? Well, I think that legitimacy is an important factor. And as I touched on over the weekend on the Saturday show, I think that they are not going to roll tanks in and they're not going to drop a nuclear weapon. I mean, some people get awfully paranoid about what they think the government might do in the uh, in the instance of civil disobedience. Because if you don't do anything, you can be sure that things are going to get worse. Yeah, that's that's what's happened, right? right? I mean, so if you do nothing, you you can guarantee that the state's going to get bigger, more intrusive, more oppressive, more expensive than ever. Now, if you do engage in civil disobedience, is there a chance they could become uh, violent and crack down? Of course there is. So we had the, uh, the, the daily 420 celebrations going on here in Keene. And there was at one point, this, people were smoking cannabis, in case you don't know, don't know what 420 is, uh, but people smoking cannabis in public here in Keene on a daily basis. The first weekend, there were a couple of arrests that were made, but after the second arrest, well, the first arrest, the group of people, about 50 people, went to the police station and then decided to smoke pot out back behind the back door of the police station, just sat around in a circle and got high. And then the next day, they arrested somebody else. That day, another 50 people went over to the police station. This time, most of them went inside the police station and uh, and smoked pot in the police station lobby. Wow. It was after that that the police didn't show hide nor hair at the, uh, the, the smokeouts anymore until the one day where they had the pumpkin festival, which is a very public, large event where thousands of people come to town to look at pumpkins and have a good time with their families and all that. But they decided they were going to crack down on this one day. If those darn pot smokers come out here, we're going to show them what's for. And they did. They had all the cops they could possibly muster from various different uh, city governments around the area. They'd all come in. They were there anyway for the pumpkin fest. Yeah, yeah. So they used those extra uh, forces to crack down hard on the uh, the, the marijuana consumers. Now, and they arrested three people in one day for that. Then they arrested three more for trespassing as they walked into the building. But they weren't clubbing any heads you, or anything like that. How can you like trespass that? in a government-run building? Well, that's what they did. You know, they just do whatever they want, Guard, as, as we were pointing I know, out it's earlier. Ridiculous. But it after up. that, they left us alone again. So after that one day where they cracked down real hard, they did right. nothing. So the supermajority of the days the uh, civil disobedience was going on, the government's response was to completely ignore it. And I think that if they crack down real hard, then it destroys their legitimacy. If they roll in the tanks and they start uh, being very explicitly violent with people, overtly violent with people, then uh, we've got video. You know, we're going to show that to the world like you were just watching something during the break gardener with some cop brandishing a gun at some kids that were throwing snowballs or yeah. something like that yeah. i mean it, it makes it real clear when you've got the ability to get the word out about what the government does how dangerous and how violent they are so the more violent they get the the worse that is for them yeah so you... they have an incentive to not get that overtly dangerous and, mm. and violent. All that said, maybe they will. I don't care. They should do. They're going to do what they're going to do. They're capable of being violent. We have to understand that going into it. But again, we already know they're going to be violent if we do nothing. And We're I think, certain of that. I think the key thing here is you can you can detect certain aspects of the psychology of the way those guys are operating at the at the pumpkin festival. The psychology of it is, first of all. We're going to be shown 
in front of the eyes of the people is cracking down on this, right? And, and some of the people will like that. I mean, some that's, of them. Pe- that's the key. That's the key. And that's where the second part of it is we've always got to keep talking about this. Yeah. Because the more you can talk about innocent people not bringing direct harm to anyone else, being manhandled and stopped from doing what they want to do, and then being being basically hauled into court and given fines or whatever it might be, held in jail – then you can start to change people's opinions. So you've got, I think, two prongs. You've got people continuously or continually going out, you know, flouting the law and saying, no, this is wrong, this is improper, this is immoral. And then you've got other people who are talking about it to change those perceptions because clearly the cops thought they had an open door to say, okay, in front of all these people, parents don't want to see people smoking pot in front mm-hmm. of their kids and so on and so forth. So you need to change those minds so that the cops realize more and more people are starting to say, hey, hey, hold on a second. Leave these people alone. And I think that it's a great, great thing that the libertarians have been doing. And that's one thing that in our world really needs to continue to be done because the, the more they can make people look bad – the easier it will be to haul them off to jail. And that's where the changing of the minds, you're talking about changing minds, it comes in with a media aspect. I mean, yeah. If you've got your own media, then you can help shape what people's opinions are by giving them something different to think about. Because if they just read the newspaper, they're going to get some very statist-minded opinions. But if you've got your own newspaper, or you've got your own radio show, or your own radio station, or your own uh, television station, your own blogs, then you can get your word out. And if you've got people on the ground that aren't necessarily involved in the civil disobedience uh, Obviously, they're not the the front men, if you will, that are saying positive things about the civil disobedience when they're at their workplace or when they're at their church or when they're, you know, whatever the social gatherings they're at. People are going to be talking about this because that's what civil disobedience does is it gets conversations started. Mm. I mean, the, the marijuana issue was a discussion. Uh, it, was, it was a common discussion being found around town when those uh, 420 uh, protests were going on. And if if you're a liberty-oriented person, that gives you the opening you need to say, hey, those guys are doing the right thing. And people who hear you and Mark on all the, the radio stations who have signed on to you, they know that uh, the foremost among everything is that you try to be peaceful. You are not violent. And, you know, you and I were talking about this off the air. As, as bad as things are getting now, I'm wondering what's going to be coming. And I, I talked about you know violence. What what happens if, and I'm in my head and I'm thinking to myself, what happens if people get so frustrated that they decide they're going to be violent? Well, what happens, we, I want to get, we can get into more of that, but we've been blabbing away as Jim has listened so patiently. Jim, yes. uh, did we answer your question and what are your thoughts? Well, yeah, I've been listening to what you're saying and uh, you've, you've brought up a lot of good points. Uh, one development that has me quite concerned is that uh, Australia is implementing uh, Internet censorship similar to China. And That's they're true. Talking, they're talking about it in England and the U.S. now. And yeah. I'm just wondering what, what will be our options if they are successful in, in censoring the Internet. Oh, that's a good question, and I, what they're censoring, as I understand it, is pretty outrageous, uh, but it's going to involve web filtering that they'll basically have to identify certain websites that they don't want going through, 
So they'll be able to, I mean, if they wanted to, they could say, oh, we're not going to let Free Talk Live into Australia. If they wanted to do that, they could do that. But somebody would have to bring it to their attention first and say, hey, this should be on the banned website list. One of the things that's not going to stop is you connecting with somebody else and sharing files or texting or, you know, having a conversation. They're not going to be censoring that. And the fact is the Internet is full of people who love freedom. That's one of the, one of the reasons why the Internet remains so free is because these guys will come up with ways around it. Now, you may have to jump through a few hoops in order to get around it, but there are anonymizing systems and things like that that will completely make it possible for the people in Australia to still get the content that they're looking for. I thank you, Jim, for the call tonight. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Juicy Juice, creators of the Juicy Juice Brain Development and Juicy Juice Immunity Fruit Juice Beverages. For more information, visit us at JuicyJuice.com. When it comes to staying healthy, the digestive system is a great place to start. It's 70% of the immune system. Look for kid-friendly foods that are high in fiber, like popcorn and yogurt. Prebiotic fiber helps the good bacteria in the gut flourish, while simple sugars like high-fructose corn syrup only help the bad, leading to bloating and discomfort. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Give you all the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including our archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're yours for free at freetalklive.com. Dot com. Um, by the way, if you want to get yourself some gold and silver, not a bad idea. I just placed an order for uh, for some silver myself recently. Uh, if you want to get your hands on some gold and silver and you want to make it easy rather than having to figure out all the various different purchasing options and pricing options out there, we have put together a, a simple little page, gold.freetalklive.com, with some selections, some special uh, selections that Mark and uh, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources uh, decided to put up there on the site to make it easy for you to get your hands on gold and silver. It's, uh, it, the prices are good. Well, I, when I was looking at buying some of the Lakotas, which are supposedly very beautiful, I haven't got my yeah. hands on them quite yet. Yeah. Uh, should be coming in here toward the end of the month, I think. But uh, the prices were the best that I could find. I mean, I, I looked around and I... It's all within sense of one another, but it was the best. Yeah. And uh, you can get that at gold.freetalklive.com, both gold and silver, and Free Talk Live gets a cut. It helps keep our syndicate uh, afloat as well. I mean, not that they're doing badly. I'm sure they're doing just fine, but it's it's more uh, revenue for them. And you get gold and silver at great prices. So head over to gold.freetalklive.com. We will continue here. Uh, we take your calls about whatever's on your mind. But, Gardner, you were talking about violence and it is something that I, the the idea of of being violent back toward the state because the state is violent, uh, the state is is tyrannical, the state is harming people, the government people are doing terrible things, and so you 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 had kind of suggested during one of the breaks. Well, what about violence, right? Where, where did yeah, you want to go? You with know, that? occasionally you sit there, you're sort of thinking to yourself, like, well, you know, I wonder what the world will be like in ten years. I wonder what other people will be doing if they reach the end of their ropes. Where would I be? Uh, would I, if something were happening, would I participate in some sort of violent revolution? What would happen? Um, you've got nonviolent protest. 
if you engage in violence, and you know, you get these flights of fancy, you're out in the woods hiding behind a stone wall, and you know, you're freezing your tail off, it's unpleasant, but you're fighting for freedom, you know, <laughs> uh, that sort of thing. You know, you get these all these uh, Red Dawn, Wolverine sort of deal going. Yeah. You know? And uh, and so then you think to yourself, well, and as you say, would it serve any purpose if it, it be, if it were if there were violence in this? I think it serves the state personally. Yeah, because clearly they would have some bogeymen then. They would have uh, they would have a David Koresh that they could demonize. That's they what would you have. would become if exactly. you if you become violent against the state agents, as tantalizing as it might seem, because boy, they sure do some awful things. Uh, but if you if you become violent, you not only you lower yourself to their level because that's their tool. That's what they use. Yeah. They use violence and they use force. So by going and using violence back at them, while it may be justified under the non-aggression principle in that you've been aggressed against and so therefore you have the right to defend yourself and all that, it still is a of a detrimental thing to the uh, the uh, concepts of liberty in general because he who becomes violent against the state will not only be exterminated fairly quickly because the cops aren't going to give you a trial they're just going to kill you uh your 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 personal life will be extinguished and then after the fact you will be held out as the Carl Dragos of the world have been, the David Koreshes, and mm-hmm. the various people that yeah. have stood up in a violent fashion to the state as a Looney Tunes, as a nutter, as a terrorist, as somebody who's to be feared, and as an excuse for the state to expand its power. My God, thank goodness we have the state around to protect us from nutters like that. Yep. So that's what's, uh, that's the inevitability of what happens when you are violent back toward the state. And, of course, that frustrates a lot of the gun polisher types out there. Even, oh, I've just been polishing my gun, waiting for the opportunity to use it on all these bureaucrats. Uh, it, it frustrates them because they do live out these fantasies in their mind, at least. They they think up these fantasies about how they're going to get them back and how they're going to show them what's for. Yeah. But you're not going to show them anything. You, you know, you might take a few of them out, but that's all right. They'll hire someone else to uh, to replace them. And, as I said, use you and your violence as an excuse to become more oppressive, to become more yes. statist and more yeah. violent towards people. Mm. So that's why uh, our caller earlier was was talking about how even though Gandhi and his followers were aggressed against, and even though there were terrible things that happened to them as a result of their nonviolent, their peaceful civil disobedience, he believes they had a greater effect because of it, because they took the high ground. Yeah. It was the state's agents that were wielding the truncheons and cracking heads and uh, and beating people and and killing people. It was yeah. them that yeah. were that were doing that. You don't want to join their ranks. So that's my thoughts on violence, and and that's coming from somebody who at one time had those very same fantasies that now, you're talking about. Now on the other side of it, you've got things like uh, the people in the Warsaw Ghetto, uh, or you have others. You know, during World War II, Jews who fought back against the Nazis survived. Jews that did not. Died. So you've got the flip side. Jews that fought back. Well, I think it's a false choice, and yeah. and I'm not a I'm not a real student of history here, but I, I I can only go on my basic understanding of some of the things that happened back then. I wasn't there, and I have not studied it in detail. But it's my understanding that most of the Jews, the ones that didn't fight that you're talking about, were also very obedient. At the same time, mm-hmm. that uh, if they point. were told Good to report point. somewhere and yeah. sign up for something and get their gold star, 
then they would go and do that. Right. They so went there and they was a stood third in lines. way that they could have chosen. That's what I would Good like point. to suggest. Excellent the, point. The third way of disobedience, the yeah. third way of non-cooperation. Can you imagine that when they called the Jews into the, you know, the ghetto, the, uh, you know, to come and and essentially be gathered from the countryside, they just said, "Oh, thanks, but no thanks. We're just going to stay where we are." Now, Ian, let me you know? give you a couple hypotheticals. I know we've got callers, but um, uh, hypothetical. What if they pass a law? Let's say, you know, in this uh, dystopian uh, mindset of uh, of the gun polishes, as you say, they're going to confiscate firearms. And then the second phase comes in. People do not comply. And then they say, OK, we are going to hunt you down and arrest you and take you away. Uh, at that point, what do you think? Uh, what do you think at that point? I think that non-cooperation and civil disobedience is the only way to go on that. And if they arrest, how many gun owners are they going to arrest? I mean, the the biggest problem is is that most people will be obedient. I mean, that's the, the, the biggest issue that we have here. So the more people that can be non-cooperative and civilly disobedient, the more it costs the state to enforce. Right, but I if mean, they take you away, if they come to your house and they say you, that you've already been non-compliant, mm-hmm. okay, so you're, you're engaging in civil, civil disobedience, do you allow them to take you away? At that point, you know, I mean, um, that that's a tricky one. A, a lot of people probably have different opinions on that. Well, I would hope that if they're going to take you away, that you at the very least would be clicking it, uh, streaming the video online of, of that occurrence. That way you're not... Uh, you're gone but not forgotten, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, obviously it was just hypotheticals. And, you know, but if you the, shoot them, then you're going to die anyway. So at yeah. least if they take you away, maybe there's the chance you'll get out of whatever camp they uh, they end up putting you into when they can't afford to put more people in there. I mean, because they can only put so many people in jail cells, right? Well, they can build a heck of a lot more. They can build labor. more. That's true. They I did that in you know, Buchenwald. There's no good answer, right? I yeah, mean, it's when tricky. aggression when aggression happens. The results are usually pretty crappy. I mean, somebody gets hurt. You've got to take advantage of this time now before that happens. I mean, it sounds like an easy out as we're going to a commercial, but uh, hopefully we'll never get to that position. And people have got to use the resources at their at their disposal now. Media. Get together. Speak out. Yeah. Yes. All right, more coming up here at 800-259-9231. Maybe you have a better answer for Guard's question as well. Uh, You can bring up anything and take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And guard. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including our chat room. You can go to chat.freetalklive.com. Get interactive with other listeners. Uh, best time to find them is during the show. But sometimes I hang out for a little while afterwards at chat.freetalklive.com. Let's go unscreen to the amp lines just because I forgot about uh, screening this call. Hey, You're campers. on Free Talk Live. Who's this? Good evening, gentlemen. It's Zach from Minnesota. Zach. Hey, Zach. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, just a couple... Uh quick points to pick you guys' brains about the Free State Project. Sure. Um, signed my letter of intent last night. Oh, wow. Uh, Congratulations. A uh, couple quick questions. Uh, I was going to make a road trip out there this summer to check out the area. Uh, right. I wanted to know some opinions, what cities to make sure to visit, and uh, maybe even uh, where I should look at living. 
Well, it all depends on what you're looking. Now, is this uh, the the cop, Officer Liberty, or is this a different set? Uh, I've I've chosen a new career path, but really? yes, that is that's me. What have you? All what right. is your new career path, if I might ask? Uh, right now, I'm looking into going to emergency health care. Uh, probably, I'm going to get my BA in nursing and go from there. So, did you get all the way through cop school and then make that decision? Uh, I got to my junior level in the bachelor's program, and that's when I. Uh, for a lot of various reasons, decided that it wasn't the career path for me. Interesting. I, I'd, I'd like to get into those, if you don't mind, before we go on and talk uh, about New Hampshire. No, no problem. Shoot away. Well, what were the some of the reasons? What were the two, you know, the two or three biggest well, reasons? Uh, well, I do. I have a job with a, a PD here in the area, and uh, personality-wise, I just I don't mix with the type of people that go into law enforcement for the most part. Um, besides that. It's a lot of office politics, more so than any other job. And just, it's not meshing with my political views as much. The whole force and coercion, it's, I went into it to help people, mm-hmm. uh, to help grandma when she falls down the stairs, you know, get there quick. Um, you know, if someone gets raped or murdered, I wanted to be there right away and catch whoever did it. But the more and more that I see... That's not what it is. Well, it's good to and, get that first-person account, too, because that's exactly the thing. You know, we've often s- stated so many times, buddy, that it, cops can't be everywhere. And so what ends up happening is you go where the state needs you to go. You go to reinforce bad things, and the probability is that you're going to be doing more of that than actually really saving people and helping people. And really, that's what it was. My my whole goal in life was to get on SWAT and, you know, solve hostage situations, you know, <laughs> what you see in the movies. And I just see more and more that that's not really what it is. That's and not what it's used for. Exactly. So I, that's not what I, I don't want to spend my life doing something that really I just don't believe with ideologically. Gotcha. All right. So as far as uh, the, the, the nursing path is concerned, you're going to have to go to some schooling for that, right? Yeah, uh, I got all my generals out of the way already. Anyway, um, my uh, so far next semester, I am signed up to get a uh, my nursing assistant certificate, and uh, then I'll start looking for jobs from there and go through nursing school. I see. So you planning on? Uh, are you planning on going to school in New Hampshire or elsewhere? Uh, I have uh, through my local college here. I'm getting that certificate next semester. Uh, as far as looking at maybe this summer, looking at colleges out there or finishing school and moving after, it's really, that's really kind of up in the air so far. Well, right, because if you were going to go to school, that would be a pretty big decider as far as narrowing down your options as to where you can go in, in New Hampshire. I know yeah. they've got Dartmouth. Uh, that's a big medical school, and sure. I don't know about where else anything else is. I'm, I'm not not into that scene, so I would say poke around and learn about what the different options are. Yeah, and you know, if you're in southern New Hampshire, you could even try places in Massachusetts. Uh, you could try places True. in Maine. Uh, if you're over by the seacoast, you could try places in Vermont. So you have a number of options because New Hampshire is such a small state. Within an hour, you can get to the other states pretty quickly. So it's a beautiful place, and I highly recommend. You said you were going to come out in the summertime. Head over to the Free State Projects website. I think actually, I think you can just go to porkfest.com. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T. Porkfest.com. Get the dates for the uh, the upcoming Porcupine Freedom Festival. That would be an ideal time to come up here. It's a camping excursion where uh, people, uh, hundreds of liberty-minded people from all over New Hampshire and all across the country and the world, get together. 
And they, it's pretty much a social event. I mean, there's the occasional speech or whatever, but it's it's mostly socializing and partying and uh, and having a good time, cookouts and and that kind of thing. Plus, it's a great excuse to come up here and, like you were saying, travel around and and see the the various different places. I mean, it would seem that the the places you'll want to go to are the the more population centers if that's what the kind of lifestyle you're looking for. Otherwise, there are so many little towns here in New Hampshire. I don't know how you would choose which uh, which little towns to go to. Grafton's, I think, probably one of the most uh, attractive ones. There's a lot of um, liberty-oriented people that have made the move there already, but as far as the bigger, metro, more metropolitan areas, if you can even use that term in New Hampshire, uh, Manchester is the most populated uh, with uh, about 100,000 people, and then uh, Nashua is right on the border of Massachusetts for people that might need to work down there for some reason. Uh, that one's 70,000 people, and then it just goes down the list from there. Keene is obviously my favorite. That's where uh, That's where I moved to. And then, Guard, what do you think? What What are the must-sees? Uh, there are a couple things to keep in mind. Uh, the state, if you're if you're in the western part of the state, it's there's only basically there's one route, one main route to get to the eastern part of the state. Well, well, two. There's Route 101, and there's another route, Route 202. And uh, so, if you're in the western part of the state and you want to travel east, east-west movement is really done only on a couple routes. North-south movement, you've got Two routes up until about the Concord Manchester area, and then then well you have three, and then it turns into two. So you have a little more upward, up and down north south movement than you have east west movement in some cases. Yeah, it's it's tricky to get around in, yeah. in New Hampshire, but it, like you were saying, Guard, it doesn't take a long time to get right. from point A to point. You can travel across the state in you know two and a half hours exactly, if and that's it's necessary. That's, yeah, that's the only reason I bring it, the only reason I bring it up is because when you're thinking about where you're going to be, if you don't like driving in the snow and you want to do this or that, you want to get to a place uh, quick. You want to pick your location. Certain areas are a little freer than others. Keene, very free. Uh, no, well, I, I should say... The biggest property say, taxes in the state are here in Keene. I should say certain areas have larger freedom movements. In that them. much is true. Yes. As far as where the activists are ending up, uh, Manchester is the big destination. That's where most people are going to because it's the population zone. And then I would say Concord is fairly popular. Uh, the Seacoast seems to have its uh, its fans as well as uh, as Keene. So I would say those are the the four most popular areas. Despite Nashua's population, I never hear anything about go- now, happening Nashua, in Nashua. And Nashua is uh, has been uh, overrun by. Uh, criminal elements from northern Massachusetts. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and uh, it's very socialist and, and not not so great. So I feel like we've turned into a National Geographic yeah. radio here. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, well, uh, what about uh, free starters uh, getting into the legislature? Because that's one of the big reasons for me moving out there. The more research I do, and uh, things such as fusion candidates, where candidates can run under multiple party names, things mm-hmm. like that, it seems real easy for free staters to get into legislature and that's that's one of my passions in life that I want to do that. And I think there have been the four so far that have actually gotten in. Yeah. So four actual free state project participants are in the legislature, and people really work to help those people out and in their campaigns. You know, they're out there holding signs, they're out there doing fundraisers, making phone calls. On their behalf, it, I think you're going to also see this next year, uh, 2010, as being a pretty big year for more free staters to be running for those offices because you have to be here two years in order to run for that particular uh, position, the, the state representative. So a lot of the people that have been here just hadn't been here quite long enough in 2008. 
But in 2010, a whole bunch more of them will be qualified, and I think we're going to see a lot more, and maybe a few more of them will, will get elected. And, of course, that's not the only thing that's happening, is you've got the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance that's out there lobbying the existing representatives to be of a more pro-liberty mindset, and I would say they've done a hell of a job. So if you're into politics, man, uh, you might really want to consider uh, Concord. But on the other hand, there are, because that's just kind of the political head of the of the state on the other hand uh i'd love to see more political action out here in Keene. there's a lot of civil disobedience going on here but as of the politics as far as the politics are concerned the politicians out here have had it pretty easy they haven't really had any significant uh challenges there have been a couple folks that have run and they've done a good job but they haven't really been a whole lot so zach thanks for the call we'll see you out here and uh good luck with your trip it's going to be a fun one i'm sure i thank you for uh, making the call tonight congrats on joining the free state project there's more coming up take control of the airwaves free talk live This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gart. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free. And if you've enjoyed the program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations across the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So head on over to amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP chat uh, the AMP chat room and more. Though it doesn't seem like anybody goes in the AMP chat room anymore. I don't know why I didn't hmm. mention it. Okay. The, the big chat room seems to attract most everybody. We've got two chats. There's the AMP chat and then there's the uh, the regular chat. So we'll keep the AMP chat open in case somebody wants to use it. But right. uh, the, the big chat seems to be the uh, the most popular one. But nonetheless, you still get other perks like the AMP-only forum, uh, the AMP-only podcast. Go to amp.freetalklive.com as we go to your phone calls and talk to Mark in Texas. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind? Yeah, um, I was calling about, uh, you know, I've been listening to your show for a while. Good show. Uh, you know, I've, I've been hearing all this about, you know, just like everybody else, about Al Gore and and his, uh, all these taxes and these carbon taxes that, that uh, which I think everybody with common sense knows by now is a fraud and it's ridiculous. You mean with the uh, so-called climate change and then the cap-and-trade nonsense? Correct. And yeah. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's been several scientific uh, uh, studies and scientific. I think the scientific community as a whole, uh, you know, besides a few couple people probably bu- that are bought off, agree that climate change is just a natural, just it's just a natural occurrence in Earth in in the Earth cycles as far as uh, how how the earth changes uh it's almost for instance it's like let's say if if i were to explain to somebody uh the the seasons summer fall you know all these other things and then say oh well since it's winter now i mean it was 100 degrees before but since it's winter and it's 60 degrees that means we need to panic and you need to give me all your money because <laughs> the earth's going to die well yeah you know you you cite something uh there was a book called uh, Unstoppable Global Warming Every 1500 Years and uh for years there was a subset of the climatology um uh science that that looked at solar flare activity and said you know what it seems like uh based on what we can measure through uh, certain clay samples and so on that during periods of high solar uh solar activity 
the uh, temperature of the, of the Earth warmed up. Uh, Fox News actually just had a terrific piece last night. It was an hour-long show that had uh, a bunch of people uh, put put together in their in their efforts to uh, talk to some climatologists who have differing opinions, and they looked at that so-called climate gate from the College of East Anglia in England and uh, all the emails that uh, they would not release. And they studied these things. And, yeah, these guys very clearly were not only hiding the fact that they were not only not only changing data, but they were hiding the fact that they were changing it. They were They were making charts look a certain way, and now they're being exposed, and they're they're saying things like in one of the emails they have the uh, they have uh, the term. One person says, "Well, let's tweak the data so that we can get a downward trend." And so when people in the climate change movement are notified of this, they say, "Well, when we say tweak, we mean you know it's just a common parlance. We're not changing anything." <laughs> and so people who are pro freedom in many cases are saying, you know, hopefully they're pro freedom. Uh, they're saying, no, tweaked isn't the operative term here. The the key term is downward data, downward slope. So the data yes. trends downward. So so what they're trying to do is they're trying to make it look like it was colder at a certain point and warmer at a certain mm-hmm. point. It's all manipulated. Naughty, and, naughty. Yeah, and, you know, it's... It's, it's almost, basically what you're saying is it's almost like the stock market at this point. Well, you know the uh, yeah the the stock market uh, maybe has some little pockets of honesty left in it, but right now the way that the UN has and and various governments have politicized science, it's very difficult to find honest scientists, and those who are honest barely get any media time. Except, thank goodness, Fox had a great great piece on it. Congratulations to how them. How would you get the How would you get the average person that doesn't that's not as informed as, as most people that listen to your show? How would you get them? to believe this because I, oh. I talk to people about this and they think I'm a nut. There's, an easy, a there's an easy, easy way to do it. There are a couple things that I would recommend. Uh, there's a documentary that was put out by the British called, I believe, The Great Global Warming Swindle. It's on video. You can find it at YouTube, Google Video. If you put in uh, British Great Global Warming, or as Tom Brokaw would say, uh, Global Warming, The Great Global Warming Swindle. Uh, if you put that in there, then you'll find it. Also, even if they watch Al Gore's video, tell them, if you look at Al Gore's video on the inconvenient truth, he stands at one point in front of a chart, right? The so-called Correct. hockey stick together. chart. Yes. The hockey stick chart was abbreviated to only go back to a certain time. The data in it was manipulated, but also they started at a certain date when temperatures were at their lowest. If they had gone 100 years earlier, temperatures would have been a lot higher. So there wouldn't have been a hockey stick. In addition to that, you can also mention that he has another chart in his little red and black background that shows carbon dioxide and temperature increases. If And this is the key. If you look at the chart, just imagine this visually right now in your mind, he says that carbon dioxide increases lead to higher global temperatures. And if you look at the chart on the time side of it, the increases in temperature precede the increases in carbon dioxide. So you can tell anybody, and you can draw it. Yeah, it's it's a very simple thing. But even if none of that works, Guard, there's you, no, there's another approach here that might uh, might have some effect. But why do you just real quick? Why do you feel that even though it's it's as simple as you put it, why do you feel that this escapes the average person? Is it because they they're kind of uh, they'd rather 
live in a fantasy world. Well, wait. And- I, I mean, I guess the average person isn't likely to be looking and, and looking closely, right? I mean, if they're average, then they're not likely to be uh, to examining things, are they? No. And, and I got another thing just real quick, I, mm-hmm. you know, because I know you have other callers. Um, if If this tax passes, I have a new tax called I want to tax every follicle on everyone's head. And I want to collect the money. So uh, if that if 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 uh, carbon tax makes sense to people, I'm sure my follicle tax will, uh, you know, due to the <laughs> to the pollution that that hair follicles cause. And I'll come up with some scientific data, and then I can pass it. How, how does that sound? Does that sound good and intelligent? Well, you don't hey. have the men with guns to back it up, and that's where I wanted to go briefly with this. Was that if you try to all of the things about the statistics and all of that and how Greenland was once green and then it got cold and that things changed and that there's the sun, which is a whole lot more powerful than us little ants uh, running around on the surface of the earth. Even if none of that stuff phases them, you could try. And, of course, the more things you try it doesn't, uh, that don't phase them, the more likely you should just move on and find someone else. Yeah, but if, and, but and if, oh, if, let me just run in here real quick. Uh, but if none of that phases them, maybe point out to them that it's the U.S. government that's the number one polluter in America. And why would you look to the U.S. government to solve the problem of the environment when they are the uh, the agency that cares the least about it clearly from their own actions. They, The U.S. military alone pollutes more than the top four corporate polluters combined. That's according to Mary Ruart at, uh, at Healing Our, the book Healing Our World. So why would anybody turn to the state? Plus, the only tool the state has, of course, is violence and the threats of violence, and that just doesn't seem to be an appropriate way to interact with our fellow man. Okay, and just because Christmas is coming around, I had I, I I told a couple of my friends that uh, first of all, what's Santa going to do? The economy's so messed up. He's he's having to ask for gifts this Christmas, <laughs> and also his his bowl his bowl full of jelly stomach. He can't afford groceries, so now he looks like a skeleton. And then if this carbon tax passes, he can't run his reindeer because they poo everywhere. Uh-oh. And, uh oh. <laughs> and they're he's going to have to pay enormous taxes. What are you going to tell the kids? It's a great point. Hey. He's going to tell the children. Well, you know, you brought something up that uh, last year, uh, Glenn Jacobs, uh, Keen in the WWE, uh, Glenn did a hilarious skit with me where Santa was getting a bailout, and it was it was a lot <laughs> of fun because you know the union. Can I get that on your website? Uh, it, I'll 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 repost it. Uh, just Good maybe on Christmas right. Day. Yeah, yeah it, it's a little dated because the names in it are from from the Bush administration, but it's still pretty. The funny. funny's still there, right? Yeah, LibertyConspiracy.com is Gardner's website, by the way. That again, LibertyConspiracy.com. He's got his own podcast. It's fantastic. Make sure you Thanks. check it out. Looking for some extra liberty-oriented content? Look no further than LibertyConspiracy.com. How, How much what? How much did Santa get? A billion. Oh, on the bailout? bailout? I can't tell you, man, because they won't release the data. We've asked the Fed. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, thanks, Mark, for the call. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231. Speaking of bailouts, the Postal Service, they're probably going to be needing a bailout here at some point. Uh, well, let's talk about some of the spending they've been involved with. Oh, uh, I've got some details on that yeah. coming up here. It's pretty outrageous. Plus, we'll talk to you about whatever you want. If you're on the line, we'll get to you. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. It's Free Talk Live tonight with Ian and Gardner. How long can you hold your breath? Not long. 
After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And guard. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Still to come, we've got to talk about the Postal Service and how much they spent when they are losing money. Uh, we'll, we'll explain here in moments, but first let's go to Rich in New Hampshire. Rich, you're on Free Talk Live with the Inn and Guard. Yeah, uh, you were talking to Zach in the last hour. Yes. And uh, he was... He was uh, do I understand correctly? He was a police officer, or he was training to be one. Yeah, training. he was in training for uh, to be a police officer. Oh, I see. Well, I'm surprised you didn't m- mention Grafton as a possible destination. I actually did mention Grafton. You oh, must you not did? have been paying I, attention. Yeah. That, you're talking well, about uh, you're talking about the gentleman that is looking to make the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. I said to him that there were a lot of towns in New Hampshire. It'd be hard to choose because he was asking where he should visit. Mm. And I said it would be hard to choose which town to visit because there are so many of them. But Grafton is definitely outstanding. Because well, I must have been I must have been dialing when you said Grafton. You must yeah. have or, been. or something. I, I I don't know what I was doing, but but in any case, you know, our uh, one police officer here in Grafton, he's pretty much a peace officer mm-hmm. and well liked and. And he's been threatening to retire. So, I now the reason I, he he's doing a Zach is doing a career change is because he didn't like what he saw in in the world of law enforcement. But here in Grafton, as Merle's replacement, uh, just might be more like what he envisioned when he thought about getting into law enforcement in the first place. Well, yeah, I guess if you're the only cop, then you don't have to take orders from anybody else, huh? Well, that's right. Well, the question is, uh, what if there were, you know, pressures put on him from the state still? You know, he'd still be entering a world where he might be conflicted. And I, 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 make, I see your point, and it's great to talk to you again, man. Uh, but I, I wonder whether it would really be an option for him, even though the police officer there is more of a peace officer, as you say, keeping the peace. Uh, he'd still be entering into a, a government system, you know. Right. Well, if what you are saying is true, then that's all the more reason to have a liberty-loving police officer mm. to take a stand 
when he can. Well, Good what point. we found so far is that when a, a, a liberty-oriented police officer takes a stand, very interesting things happen. Our friend Brad Jardis uh, has done that, and he is a member of law enforcement against prohibition, and he has been standing up against the uh, the war on drugs for many years now. And when it finally came out, what police department he worked for, when that came out publicly, they came down on him hard. Yeah. And it has not been uh, it has not been an easy situation because Brad, like Zach, got into policing for the right reasons. You know, he got in because he wanted to, to help people that actually were in danger, uh, people in jeopardy of being harmed, people who've been harmed. He wanted to help those people. And it, he was asked to do things that, that he disagrees with uh, as well. But because he dared to stand up, they came after him, and now he's on suspension. So now he's getting paid. So basically he's getting paid to go to yoga and play video games, uh, <laughs> which is nice and all, but he'd rather be out helping people. He'd rather be out doing the job that he originally thought he was going to be hired to do. So it's been an interesting odyssey uh, for Brad, and it's, I'm, I'm sure it's been a very... Uh, a very growing odyssey because I know that he's changed his position uh, over time. The time, just a few years that that I've known him. Yeah. Uh, but that's but it's it's risky. So I mean, if you were at a higher level position, like a police chief or something like that, or whatever the the constable town position is that you guys are talking about, that may put him at some sort of liability for uh, to being sued by the state for not doing what they demanded of him, or who knows what kind of liability he would have as a as a state officer who would not be doing everything that they were expecting him to do. It seems like in almost every aspect, I don't know what you guys think about this, but you, you seem to be leading towards some sort of confrontation down the line. If you oppose this on your local level, you've got the overlords who want to you to do something. And Powers that be are not going to like that yeah, very they're much. They're not going to like it. So I mean, the, the, the guy at the... Uh, did you see the footage from the hearing where Brad Jardis was the, the termination hearing that they called him out to? No, I did not. There was I a spoke cop to him there. afterwards or emailed. Did you hear about the guy with the dead rat T-shirt? The cop, one of oh, the cop geez. guys, had a shirt on it that referenced the thin blue line and a dead rat. Now, they didn't actually say anything on it, from what I understand, but uh, the the suggestion there was that. You know, we don't like rats very much, and we're the thin blue line. We're the the, the, the thin blue line gang, and we're going to close our ranks, and we're going to protect our own, and the hell with you, Brad Jardis, or anybody else that stands up against us. Unbelievable. Rich, are you still there? Oh, we lost. He hung up. Right. Uh, Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. But that's not to say it's not worthwhile. That's not to say that somebody shouldn't go in and challenge the system from within the system. It's just to say that the system is built to deal with people like that. And the reason why Brad Jardis didn't get fired that night, in my opinion, is because liberty-oriented people, liberty activists, turned out in mass, and over 50 of them, I believe, showed up in this uh, this room, this public, first of all, it was his choice. It was Brad's choice to make it into a public hearing. Good for and him. because of that, all these folks came out in support of him. And so you've got these politicians that are sitting up there. Normally, they just do whatever the hell it is they want to do. But when you've got 50 pairs of eyeballs watching you, it does tend to change how somebody behaves. And I yeah. think that's why Brad Jardis did not get fired that night. Again, again, it tells people, get to New Hampshire, gather with people of like minds so that you can... Be there when people need you, and they can be there when you need them. Uh, this is a mutual aid society in many ways. Yes. And it's very important. That is one of the most 
useful parts about making the move here as part of the Free State Project, which is a movement of thousands of liberty-oriented people all moving to the same place and, and getting active. Because where I come from, I if I got into some uh, hot water with the state agents over something, I'd be lucky if my direct family came to the court trial or supported me and... Maybe some of them wouldn't, you know. Who right. knows? Family's just family. There's strangers you're born into. Uh, but here, these are these are people that you can you're choosing deliberately to be around. These are I, I consider this my chosen family here, of uh, of people who have a similar mindset and who are willing to put something on the line. A lot of them are. They're willing to uh, to get active in a way that is just not. Being represented anywhere else. And, and certainly, I don't want to malign the psychology of cops in a broad brush, you know. But we know that, as you say, it becomes a gang mentality for some of these guys. It's their group against the other group, the people out there. Right. The Even though they claim unwashed. to serve the, the other That's group, That's it. Right? And, yeah, and you'll hear from some great people who got involved with law enforcement, and they, you know, they are trying to help people. They're trying to defend their neighbors, their local cops, and they think they're doing the right thing. You know? And then you get this, this polarity that occurs, these, these two polar opposites, the cops and all the ignorant morons out there that they're trying to help. And and it it's, it becomes a twisted mindset for some of these guys. You get Brad never going to hurt anybody. He's in favor of freedom. He's in favor of actually getting the cops to do what so many of those cops got into policing in the first place to do, which is to protect people. The consumption of drugs by an individual does not harm other individuals. It does harm society. It, it, it harms society. It's devastating to me how people get trained in this way and then everything else accrues to it to taking people's property to the black market and say well look what you've been doing you, they got a stash of illegal firearms really i didn't know you could apply the term illegal to firearm in the united states they can apply the term illegal to whatever they want to exactly you can be an illegal human being they call them illegal immigrants they're arrested on gun charges they're arrested on yeah and by the way the illegal immigrants they always get the worst end of the stick because they've got no rights whatsoever according to the government they They must not be persons either huh they're not persons. Nope. And that's what we found out earlier in the show tonight was that uh, the people that they've got in Guantanamo, the people they pick up around the world for whatever, and they call them an enemy combatant, they claim the Supreme Court has backed up the lower court saying they're not persons. What? Now, if you didn't know anything about what legal ease was all about, that would be the most confusing statement ever. They're not persons. Yeah. Well, I thought everybody was a person. Not in legalese world, not in the crazy world of legal land where you can take English words and redefine them to mean whatever the heck you want them to. Do you think do you think that people in the populace feel comfortable when they can join the big bad gang and they can say, "Oh, we're safe now." Do they do they not you understand mean, to work for the gang? Or just to say, "Yeah, they're our gang now." Maybe more coming up here. You can bring up anything free talk live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. And take the startpage.com seven-day challenge. 
For seven days, use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, and unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. Start the seven-day challenge today at startpage.com. As we continue here, we'll take your calls about whatever you want and tell you right now about the postal service. Service? Service with a smile. <laughs> well, not if you've ever been to a postal service. Uh, to be fair, some of their bureaucrats are, uh, are a little chipper uh, occasionally, but generally uh, I've seen some really surly folks there. That's not what it's about. It's not about the level of service they're giving, which is uh, kind of crappy because, you know, if you want to get something somewhere in a decent amount of time, in a guaranteed amount of time, you don't use the postal service. I mean, everybody knows that, right? Yeah, like those Christmas cards I sent from Vegas. They disappeared, right? You're telling me nobody's about that. received them. Nine days ago. Yeah. CNN is reporting that the U.S. Postal Service has spent more than $792,000 without justification on meals and events in one five month long period, even as it reported losing $3.8 billion this year, according to the agency's inspector general. Employees spent 792022 bucks on meals and external events uh, without justification for food purchases, purchased alcohol without officer approval, and exceeded the dollar limit for meals, the report says. Among the purchases were crab cakes, beef wellington, and scallops at an installation ceremony for one of several postmasters in the United States, the report says. Despite the Postal Service's mandate to curtail spending, its inspector general found that imprudent spending continues to occur, including continued purchases of gift cards from unauthorized vendors and expensive items purchased as employee recognition awards and retirement gifts. It's a spending party over there. It's the Postal Service. And, hey, you know, even though it says inside the Constitution that the... Congress can create a post office. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems to me that the Postal Service has used government to pretty much act like a big old postal mafia throughout the years, and they sure. still can't make a profit. No, they can't. In fact, they have a guaranteed monopoly over all mail under a dollar value. They have the first class mail monopoly, so you can't go. One of the reasons why. The UPS and FedEx don't compete in that area. It's because they can't. They're prohibited from doing that. Yes, yes. And so look at Lysander Spooner. He started his own post office, great uh, free market anarchist, and he started his own post office, was much more efficient in the 19th century, and they shut him down. Yeah, that's right. They threatened him with violence. Yep. Uh, So just to kind of give you an example of, I mean, these people have been told to curtail spending. But nonetheless, they're buying beef wellington, crab cakes, scallops, and all kinds of expensive items purchased for employee recognition awards. Oh, boy, you've done a great job here in the past three months. Here's your gold watch. It's like the U.S. government in microcosm, you know? I mean, the U.S. government is massively in debt, Mm -hmm. and yet they're spending money that they don't have, that even the taxpayers don't have enough. They're spending money that future generations will have to have to eventually pay in taxes and that's what these guys are doing but they must be confident that they're going to get it i mean they, they're confident <laughs> oh yeah these i mean these Congress guys are like fanny mae and freddie mac right. exactly they've got a they've got a 100 percent assurance that they're going to get bailed out whenever the, whenever the postal services hasn't is having trouble which is every year yeah. uh congress comes along and cuts them a big old check and then you and i get to pay the cost of this inefficient 
stupid mon- monopoly that, yeah, they get the mail there most of the time, but uh, they, again, they have no competition. So they have no incentive to do it in a speedy manner, and they have no incentive to do it affordably. And they have no incentive to stop spending seven hundred plus thousand dollars in a five month period on silly crap. I mean that's what this is. None of this is necessary. But they print gonna... them a little diploma. Don't you don't have to buy them a gold watch. You don't have to buy them, you know, whatever the hell there's actually a little breakdown here of some more right, of the stuff they yeah. bought. So such purchases conflict with the agency's goal to drive down costs, according to the report. It's nice when you have goals, but no actual penalty for not meeting them, right? Right, absolutely. Uh, According to the report, which covered spending during several months late in 2008 and early 2009, Postal Service reported a $3.8 billion net loss for the 2009 fiscal year, despite cost-cutting and reductions in retiree health benefit payments. Asked about the expenses, a Postal Service bureaucrat pointed to an agency pointed to an agency response included in the report. In that response, the agency's VP and controller, Vincent DeVito, agreed to enforce a spending limit on events and recognition awards, as well as make sure employees justify business meal expenses. Did, when, when you worked at the radio station, did they buy your lunch? Uh, no, definitely no. not, huh. my friend. Must no. be nice, man. I didn't know that came along with being a, a postal bureaucrat. He wrote that we agree that the further policy enforcement is essential to ensure the policy is followed and imprudent spending is no longer an issue. It appears there is still work to be done in curtailing spending even further during this time of economic uncertainty. So he's basically admitting that there's been some problems here. And Well, I promise you, I promise you we're going to get our S yeah, together. Here. Right, right. Well, by the way, you sounded a lot like Walter Cronkite there. Is that right? That's the way it was. Yes. And it's... So here's some of the things they spent it on. There yeah. was a no business justification for $355,451 of food provided at a September 2008 National Sales Educational Conference. It included a $96 per person dinner and a $500 bartender charge. How many people, $355,000 for one conference for Incredible. food Incredible! how extravagant are we talking here and, and these guys in washington dc are calling uh investment firms and bankers the fat cats well in some cases maybe they ought to look at government yeah and what government then does to corrupt businesses for example i mean these guys at the postal service this is just ridiculous. I would love for these guys to somehow justify this and say, but, you know, we're serving you. This is important. You've got an Ayn Rand stamp now. <laughs> it's an installation, uh, an installation celebration for one postmaster. The report didn't say where. Included unallowable food purchases totaling more than $17,000. So they hired a new postmaster, and they had an installation celebration and they paid $17,000 for the food. Now, well, like, I can tell you something. Yeah. When we had a new general manager come in at uh, Clear Channel, yeah. they did, I, as I recall, they brought all the employees into a room. And, you know, the general manager introduced herself at, uh, at that time. And I, I vaguely recall there being some sort of uh, food there. But I think it was something simple like donuts or, uh, you know, a vegetable platter with some dip, something that would have cost 50 bucks. And it's not to uh, to reward the new postmaster. It's to give the employees something to keep them occupied, exactly. something to have them, you know, something to give them something to munch on to right. bring them out of their offices and, and come in there. But $17,000 for an installation ceremony food purchase, including crab cakes, beef wellington, shrimp, and scallops, even though the Postal Service's own guidelines allow for only light snacks at such events. So, again, wow. the rules That's say nice. one thing, 
And what and they, they do, do something is something completely different. There's more. Mm. There was no business necessity or justification provided for $77,000 in over that in breakfast meals for events between September of 2008 and oh, uh, February of 2009. The report documented purchases for lodging, table linens, flowers, and other items that we consider excessive during this challenging economic time. Maybe they could uh, switch over, get somebody else to run it, like, I don't know, Amtrak. They'll t- oh, maybe not. There's more. 800-259-9231. It wasn't all food. They went to the movies. We'll tell you how much they spent on that as well. It's Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And this program brought to you by the TOTASAC. Go to TOTASAC.com, T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com. If you hate making extra trips back in from the car to carry in the grocery bags, I hated that, but I no longer have to do it because I have the TOTASAC. T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com. Get it done. For me, it's one trip, and I'm back in the house, and that's it. Uh, I've carried as many as 12 bags, uh, not on one hand, but six on one, six on the other. And it's just a whole lot easier. It's a lot more comfortable on your hands to use the tote sack than rather than trying to loop all those plastic bags around your palm of your Start hand. In your fingers. It's annoying yeah. when you do that. So yeah. the tote sack just makes it so much easier. And you can get a family pack over there at T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com. Tote sack. They carry more than you can. A lot more. Let's continue here. You are welcome to bring up absolutely anything. Just a few more details, and then we'll move on to an outrageous statement by a priest in the U.K. (laughs) Uh, Just a few details on what is going on with the Postal Service spending over $792,000 without justification on meals in one five-month period, even as it reported losing $3.8 billion this year. This according to CNN. They've pointed out they spent over $355,000 on food at a conference, a sales educational conference, as though the Postal Service bureaucrats need training in how to sell things. It's not like it matters. Like yeah, I said earlier, no they're going to right, get, get bailed, bailed out. out. So really, it's just an excuse to get together and party, I bet you. You got that right. Yeah, and spend 355000 on food. I mean, I've been to conferences before. How is that possible? But I've never seen any kind of food spread like that. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Uh, so there's that, and then there was the 17 grand that they spend on unallowable food purchases, the $77,000 they spent on breakfast meals. Now, this is only between a five-month period here, so they but, spent more after know, that. You know what intrigues me? If they're spending 350 grand, but then they've got 77 grand on the unallowable, what's unallowable? What's allowable? <laughs> that was like, going to be my question. What are they talking about? What are yeah. they getting, you know, going over and hanging out with Bobby Flay? You know, getting, like, special uh, Iron Chef cooking. Actually, I don't even want to associate Bobby Flay with these pinheads. He's he's cool. So, heck with that. The Postal Service says uh, such purchases are in direct conflict with the Postal Service's objective of driving down costs in all operations and processes. Now, let, me, let me just check. Uh, sorry to, to intervene here, but uh, driving down costs. What's been going on with the price of mail every year? For, it's going like, up. So Well, they're just trying uh, to drive down the percentage rate. That it goes up. So if it goes up 7%, they'd want to drive that down to 6.5%. You know, it's funny because there's, real goals. there's this thing called the market, which has an incentive for producers to drive down costs so that they can beat their competitors. 
Oh, they don't have guns. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, crazy wacky. Moreover, the public's image of such purchases could have a detrimental effect on the Postal Service's public image. As though anybody really has any positive... I mean, are there... There must be people out there that love the Postal Service, right? It's just that we don't run in those circles. That's probably what it is, because I don't know anybody, I don't know anybody who that likes, likes the Postal Service. I had service. to go down there today to pick up something that got shipped in from Japan, and all I could think about were, were those cards that I sent off for Christmas, and I'm standing there waiting in line. There's one person, sure. one person, one person. Like, and usually there's a couple of bureaucrats moseying around in the back <laughs> doing something. You that, hear them laughing. Right. They've only got one register open, and they're just kind of doing their thing, whatever, shuffling papers, eating donuts, uh, making copies. <laughs> <laughs> as the line is just backed out the door, right? They could open another register, but... Yeah, yeah it's ridiculous. But where else are you going to go, right? There's nowhere <laughs> else to go. Uh, so, the, now, now here's, a, here's a neat one. Now, they, they were talking about these expenses. It's mostly been food, but how about this? The report cited two Postal Service districts that purchased movie tickets for... $14,140 to give incentives to employees after the Postmaster General issued a memo directing a curtailment of spending. $14,000 in movie they're, they're tickets. They're giving them incentives so they'll curtail spending, and they're spending fourteen grand on the incentives to curtail spending. That's, it also documented like... the purchase of 30 retirement watches, costing $216 each in a different district. CNN investigation revealed the Postal Service spent $1.2 million to buy the lakefront property of a home who was, excuse me, lakefront home of an employee who was relocating. Oh. The purchase was part of a policy that allowed the Postal Service to pay for employee homes when they moved, whatever the cost. Well, all right. Hey, Dude, it's a wait, downturn in the awesome economy. You can't sell your house. Go for it. Right. If, you, if you've got a job as a Postal Service bureaucrat, then you could just... Put whatever price you wanted on your house. All right. That is cool. How about 600 But you know what's amazing is that sort of thing, not to pull away from this story, but that sort of thing happens all the time on the local level. You get these people who are connected with local politicians. They can't sell their property because it's not buildable. turns out maybe there's too much water there. The fill would be too expensive. Mm -hmm. So what do they do? This happened in my town. These guys sold it to the sold it to the town. Really? Yeah, the town bought it, and now the town can't build it. At an money. outrageous price. Uh, and yeah, you know, an inflated price is way over what it's worth. Oh, but good news, Guard. Good news. Oh, good. Months after the story, the Postal Service has changed its policy to limit home purchases to only $800,000. <laughs> well, hey, I'm glad you gave me something to think about on the way home, Ian. I'm going to be happy. I'll be just, I'll feel warm inside, all fuzzy, you know, warm and fuzzy. <laughs> And it, I love that, you know, that, that incentive not to spend. It's sort of like saying, saying to a crack, crack addict, hey, listen, man, if you stay off crack for a little while, I'll buy you a bunch of crack. Good job staying off that crack. Here's some crack. I mean, it's like, what are you talking about? So they are spending and spending and spending $3.8 billion in the hole, net loss for the 2009 fiscal year, despite their cost cutting, which means they're going to be raising prices again, right? I mean, they're going to, it's inevitable that it's going to go up again. And yeah. it, so I just wonder, how long is it going to be before stamps are a dollar? 
I don't know. Because, Ten more years? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because then, see, if they go to the dollar, then they're going to have to change the law. Because once it goes above a dollar, then people just switch to FedEx. That's what I was going to suggest, is that what are they going to do when they get to a dollar? It's likely they will just exactly. update that yes. law. And yeah. then who's going to... I wonder how much the media is going to pay attention at that point. Because how many people know, as you were saying, that that is actually a law? That's we were talking about this off the air. I don't think many people are are aware when they go on the postal service. They just think, oh, this post office has always existed. It's it's part of Americana. Well, you know, you see the post office walking through the walking through the snow and the Norman Rockwell pictures or whatever. You know, it's part of American American culture. So they just brought up this way. Well, question what you're brought up knowing. This is just a bogus ripoff, and it's, it sure is it's supported by, of course. Law. Oh, and they love to beat their chest about how, uh, oh, oh, we're running in the black here at the post office. I mean, we've got our costs covered and everything is fine. But the thing they don't factor in there, as I understand it, is the pensions and ah, various other things. So, ah, yes. so their operational. So they push all that aside. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know all the details on how the numbers are run, but they don't. it's my understanding they don't factor everything into right. uh, their claims about all that. Well, you know, it's and it's if they're just so good to great, know. then why don't they get rid of that law? I mean, if they're doing so well, why don't they go ahead and open up well, the market and, to competition? And this is, this is the question you can ask any of these guys. You say, look, if this is such a good idea, why don't you start a private company and operate this way? Yeah. If the healthcare uh, fascism thing is, is the medical fascism thing is such a great idea, Nancy Pelosi and all the other pinheads out there, even the Republicans and their idea was crap. Then why don't you take some seed money, see if you can get it, and then. Start a business, and you'll be peacefully competing against others. You don't have to force anybody. And They just uh, can't know. do that. I mean, they couldn't possibly even consider doing that. There, there are a couple questions that Why I brought up. Why get seed money when you can just steal it from people? Well, I, I would love to run into a politician, Ian, and, and preface the question and say something to the effect of, you know, I have a friend, a, a, a woman, and she, uh, she a, a man approached her for a date, and she said, no, no, I'm, I'm really, no, thank you, no, thank you. And he kept coming around. He kept pursuing her. He kept pursuing her. He kept going after her. And she just said, please, you know, just leave me alone. He would not leave her alone. He would not leave her alone. Would you consider that to be predatory? stalking. Would that, yeah, would would that, harassment. you consider that person to be a predator? I would say that's harassment, absolutely. And, of course, you know, Al Gore say, well, yes, absolutely. And you say, okay, what if I ask you to leave me alone? Will you do it? <laughs> well, you put us in here. I mean, you voted for us. We're your representatives. I mean, this is part. You're part of the system. You're part of this society. Blah 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 blah. blah. We've been sanctioned to stalk. There's more coming up here at eight hundred two five nine. It's the law. It's not stalking when we do it. It's the law. We're just enforcing the law. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Bring up anything, even in these remaining moments. It's free talk live. <laughs> Whatever's on your mind, toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can enjoy the website, all the features there, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, brought to you by Manchester Brewing, the purveyor of tonsil polish and spandex remover since the Norman Conquest. Go and learn more at manchesterbrewing.com and head over to the Shrine of Female Listeners with the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo and video proving that they are indeed listeners of Free Talk Live. Shrine.freetalklive.com will take you over there. Now, Guard, I was sharing something with you during the break here. Yeah. 
uh, about a video that I found, thanks to somebody pointing it out to me, that uh, Wes Bertrand over at Complete Liberty has put together. Good guy, Wes. Which is another excellent liberty-oriented yeah. podcast. Oh, yeah. uh, but, of course, Bart Gardner uh, is also does his own podcast at libertyconspiracy.com. Thank you. But Wes is great, and he's got some uh, pals out there in California where he is. They went into the tax office in San Diego, and one of them... Uh, decided to pay his property tax bill, or the property tax bill they uh, have forced upon him, uh, with ones, $1 bills, which is was apparently inspired by what I did here in Keene awesome. uh, earlier this year when I paid in all $1 bills. And there were some interesting things that, that happened here. They didn't get as upset and uppity about the video camera as the Keene bureaucrats did at first. The second time I paid this year, they didn't care about the cameras at all. I paid in, in all fives the second time around. Mm. Um, but in this case, they didn't get uppity about the video camera, but they sent one of their suited bureaucrats in to talk to the tax protesters. The tall man in yeah. the video. And it, <laughs> he utters this typical statist excuses that I was uttering right before we went to that break there about how it is that, well, uh, I think stealing is wrong, but when we do it, it's not stealing. Uh, you know, And I'm paraphrasing essentially what he said. It's the law. It's the law. I'm it's just enforcing the law. The law. I'm well, just enforcing the law. It's not wrong when you just enforce a law, because darn it, there's words on paper, and uh, representatives wrote those words on paper. And so Wes says something to the effect of, but I, they're not my representatives, or I didn't uh, you know, choose them to represent me. They've been forced upon me. Well, you know, you're part of the system, and the, da, 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 it's the law, and the words on paper. You know, as though we could just say, okay, well, well, let's just write some stuff down here, write some words on paper, and then go and charge the bureaucrats some money. How would absolutely. that work? Absolutely. I think the, it is a matter of sheer numbers and mass for force. And I was, I was thinking about this yesterday. I was driving around in my car, and I heard that they were pushing for this vote down there in Washington for the Senate on the health care thing. And I was like, look, if people don't realize that all this is that you know there all holds are barred everything is out there for people to do as long as they get the numbers that's all it is it's a gang if you've got the biggest yes. gang now the fact that they give it some sort of legal sanctimony is just ridiculous it's absolutely absurd and the quicker people can shake themselves out of it the better and you know that ties into something that you and I were discussing i don't know if you want to bring it up or not this this story out of england this, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This uh, priest in England, and this is actually something on Fox News that they brought up, and my girlfriend Courtney brought it up to me. There's a priest in Britain. He's under fire, they say, today for advising his con- congregation to shoplift in tough economic times. He says, quote, Wow. Yes. And, you Ten know, commandments be damned. He's Father Tim Jones, and he says, My advice as a Christian priest is to shoplift. My advice is Satan is, you yeah, know, yeah. I, not that I believe in any of that. But. Yeah, he says, I do not offer such advice because I think that stealing is a good thing or because I think it is harmless. <laughs> it is neither. I would ask that they do not steal from small family businesses, <laughs> but from large national businesses, knowing that the costs are ultimately passed on to the rest of us in the form of higher prices. I would ask them not to Great. take any more than they need. So so you and I were talking about this off the air. Here you have on one side with Wes going and paying three three and a half thousand, almost four thousand dollars in one taxes. Of his buddies, but yes. Yes, yes. And um and the guy comes out and says, Well, it's he says, Well, why do I have to do this? You know, I didn't sign anything with these. He goes, Well, it's the law. Now, in this case, 
this is not the law. This is not legal. But there's no difference. The, the, if, if someone were, if the government were to come out and say, here, here is your shoplifting voucher, <laughs> there would be no, no practical difference between that going out and saying, well, the government says I can take this from right. you. It's and the legal. government doing it. Hey, it's not stealing when the government says you can do it, right? Exactly. What, it, what you have is the facade of civility when really you've got chaos. Yeah. And people, people accuse the anarchists of being in favor of chaos. No, we are in favor of freedom and transparency. A voluntary not, order. Yes, not the facade of civility that is gleaned over, the frosting right. over this chaotic cake that these guys have. Absolutely. And that's what, that's what they've got is they've got that frosting they've got that veil of legitimacy no they wear their suits they've got right. their pins they walk out they've got their job they've they got drive buildings, every day offices they've, yeah, got, they've flags. got the edifices exactly uh, right. so i mean it's it's all right out in the open unlike the mafia that uh, they've got to do cloak and dagger stuff you know they uh, they can't just advertise where their their home office is because well somebody's going to firebomb it the other competing mafia might not like them very much all of that this gang is so powerful so established that it's just right out in the open. Here we are. Here, we'll just give you invoices, and if you don't come pay them, we'll come after you. We'll use violence on you, and as we were talking about earlier, if you use violence back on us, we'll make you look like you're a nut job yeah. in our, uh, our almost state-controlled media. That's coming. The federal Absolutely. government's looking at uh, you know subs- almost subsidizing newspapers here yep. at, at some point. It's happening in New Hampshire. It's happening yeah, in another told state. Me that. That's yeah, right. it's happening in New Hampshire up in the, the state. Actually, bought a news a failing newspaper in the right? Claremont region. This place is like the Who's most. Who's running it? I have no idea. Did they buy it and turn it over to I one of their friends? I think they just gave them twenty five percent of a. Or no, they gave them I think seventy five percent of a loan security. Oh, okay. So these guys are still going, but they, you know they get our money. And this is a state that here in New Hampshire, of course, like all the other states, is in the red. But it's yeah, you know, live for your die. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's live off somebody else or die. Apparently now, and this this is the sort of thing again though. See, we've got to stress this. I don't know how often we can stress this. That people will see these things and they'll say, oh, this is bad. Put other people in charge. No, you can't no, do that. No. Yeah, exactly. The machinery is corrupt. It's evil machinery. I don't want Ron Paul stealing money from me either. You know? Right. Now, people say, well, how do you get to that point? You have chosen the path of civil disobedience and education and entertainment. That's the path you have chosen. Other people say, well, I'm going to get involved with politics because I think I can change something. Great. Hey, more Give power to you guys. You know, and- I think they can change something. It's just... It takes a long time, and it's very expensive. The The return on investment, in my opinion, is very poor. But I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd love to have to eat my uh, eat my words on that point. As, you, as you've said Prove many times, wrong. let people experiment. Let them come up with all yeah. sorts of ideas. You know, and Jason Osborne... Well, if you don't experiment, is, you're not going to fail, and you're not going to learn. Yeah, absolutely right. And and we're seeing this stuff spring up more often. All, all I can do is, again, while sitting here filling in for Mark with you, is try to implore people to come to New Hampshire. I told Ian off the air, everybody, I wish I had a, a human clone project thing going on so i could clone ian and put them all over the place and hopefully it wouldn't be like that michael keaton thing uh, you know every one of them becomes a little more crazy but uh we would have just such great guys out there you know it'd be awesome so it, it's it's frustrating now here you've got a priest in england they're hardcore socialists and yeah. he's he's even talking about take it from the big guys don't take it from the little guys take hey, it from the big wh- guys. while they're at it i mean look i'm not a christian 
But yeah. I'm all in favor of don't steal and don't murder. But since he's going to violate the don't steal uh, provision, why not just advocate a little murder in here and there? I mean, hey, if it's for your own, if if the ends justify the means, then why not just bump the people off that you don't like? Yes, hey, you could steal a little bit by shoplifting, but if you ice the store operator, then you can just take anything you want. And here's here's one final thing you can put in the nail in the coffin of these these pinheads, these Marxists. Uh, they say. You know, don't take any more than you need. People shouldn't take any more than they need. Well, who determines need? This is used in government all the time. And you look at Marx, from each according to his abilities, to each according to his need. I need everything. Everything right now. Right. Everything. And once you try to put that into a structural governmental process, someone outside the individual determines need. Mm -hmm. And if the individual is stealing from someone based on his opinion of what is needed, the theft is immoral. And it doesn't matter what he thinks is necessary. The government decides you need something, and, well, evidently that's okay. So yep. they can take your money. You don't need this. Well, you might need this more. It's a, You remember that skit Dennis Moore on Monty Python? He was a highwayman, and he kept stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. Dennis Moore, Dennis Moore, galloping through the sword. I, Dennis, see, I don't recall that It was hilarious. One. He pulls these guys over, and he first he's asking for flowers, and he brings lupins to all the poor people. And they're like, more bloody lupins? Give us something valuable. So he starts stealing silver and money and all this stuff. Well, he ends up making the rich people poor and the poor people heavily wealthy, and they're complaining like, well, this is all you bringing us now, right? <laughs> so in the end, he has them all outside their carriage. He's like, all right, all right, din out your pockets. He starts saying, well, you've got more than him, and he's got more than you. And at the end, he says, oh, this redistribution of wealth thing's more difficult than I thought. And nice. that's the end. Awesome. Nice. Hey, we're out of time for tonight, Guard. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Sitting man. in on Christmas week. We'll continue doing live shows all week long with our variety of other fun co-hosts. And, Guard, I hear you're going to see Avatar this week. So I'm going to. Enjoy that. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. <laughs>